your work week is over. Kick back and get the latest on the Colts and the NFL. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. I love that drum solo. Fire it up right there on a Friday night. This is The Last Word. We're the off-season home of the Indianapolis Colts. It's the month of May. Today was Fast Friday at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We've got Indy 500 qualifications Coming up Saturday and Sunday, but we're going to sneak in some Colts talk now for a few minutes. I'm Matt Taylor, normally driving the bus. Jeffrey Gorman, he's out tonight. He's out and about. I have no idea where he is, but he's not here. <laughs> he ain't here. Bottom line, that's the voice of Casey Vallier with me tonight. Showcase, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, Matt Taylor. How are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. By the way, for those that don't know, Casey Vallier is the uh, the four-year-old baseball coach of the year <laughs> in Hamilton County. You just picked up that award last weekend. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, thank you. I had to give a speech and everything. You know, it's <laughs> you know that's one thing. You know, I, I love that you mentioned that. There is um, there is something to coaching t-ball. It really humbles you because you know I was a guy who played college baseball, so I feel like I know a lot about baseball. And trying to get four year olds to play t-ball, boy, that is a challenge. That's you first know? base, okay? Yeah. Then when he hits, you go to second base. Well, that's no, the, no. stop, stop, go, go. <laughs> it's hard for them to understand. Well, the, the the hardest thing that we've struggled with is the fact that they know when they're on defense, the goal is to just go get the ball. Well, they forget about that when they're on offense. So they'll hit the ball <laughs> off the tee and they run to get the ball. So it's like you've got both teams essentially all coming for the baseball instead of, hey, hey, no, we go to first, but then you tell them what first base is and they have no idea what that means. Oh, so you're like, all right, poor you got to go touch that big white base square-looking thing over there. So, yeah, it's it's a challenging thing, but, man, it is great, I'll tell you that. What's your record? Oh, we don't we don't keep score. Oh, yes, you do. Uh, we we don't keep score. We don't keep score. Well, but there's some there's I, some grandpa down the first baseline keeping score. I would agree with that. But the only thing is, <laughs> it all it all it all depends on what team has more players because you only advance one base per at bat. So you know, for us, we have seven players. So every inning we score seven runs. Ah, I got you. And okay. we played against some teams that have nine, some teams that had five. You know, so it's all over the map. We kind of we look them up and down. And we get there and we go, okay, we got more players, so we're going to win. We're going to win today, <laughs> exactly. based on the roster size. <laughs> I like it exactly. Well, good luck to you coming up this weekend. The season rolls on for Casey. The last word rolls on. We're brought to you tonight by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. Coming up, we're loaded as always. We're going to take a look at the Colts skill players on offense tonight heading into OTAs which start next week we'll discuss another running back in the fold and talk about the players who are facing a big offseason for a variety of reasons for the Colts here in 2022 and we're going to close out the show tonight we'll hear from an Indianapolis Colts legend also an Indianapolis uh, city icon Jimmy Mad Dog made his case he recently announced his retirement he's going to join us on the show tonight I know uh, I speak for both of us we have have a strong affinity for Jimmy Mad Dog oh, Matus, who's done tons for us both personally and professionally. It was one of those things that being a radio guy my whole life, I've always I've listened to the radio for so long. I've lived in Indianapolis my entire life. 
Dog has always been, you know, in the background of me growing up. Right. So when I got to meet him, you know, it's kind of one of those icon things. You know, they always say, don't ever meet your heroes. Well, if Dog was your hero, he's the one hero you definitely want to meet because he is as awesome of a person on the mic as he is off. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's definitely been a pleasure and a privilege to have known Jimmy Mad Dog Matus, and I wish him all the best in retirement. We're going to miss him around here. but Oh, he ain't doing nothing. Right. He's just he's sitting around living the good life. Yeah. You kidding me? He's, he's got sitting a pool, over there by the, yeah. right, the pool <laughs> exactly. house, and he's playing wiffle ball. He's cutting grass. He's he's now a grandpa, too. So, yep. fantastic. We'll hear from Dog coming up uh, later on in the show here. All right, this week the Colts were busy. Uh, they signed another free agent running back. Philip Lindsay in the fold now, Casey. Last season, he split time with Houston and Miami. Before that, he broke in with Denver and just set things on fire. He rushed for over 1,000 yards in each of his first two seasons in the NFL in 2018 and 2019. In fact, in his rookie season, he became the first offensive rookie undrafted free agent to make the Pro Bowl. So what did you make of this signing early on in the week here on offense for the Colts at running back? I mean, I think it's always a good signing. We can get a proven guy in the building. I know last year was, you know, when you look at his numbers it was definitely a down year his last two seasons haven't been what his first two seasons in the NFL were but he does have a track record he's a guy who's been there and done that and you can never have too much depth especially at a position where you know knock on wood injuries are a little more prevalent at that running back spot so you can't always you, you can always have an insurance policy but I think kind of way the way I look at this is we've heard more and more of Naeem Hines in the slot so I have a feeling that this is just a signing to show hey we're going to get a little bit more guys that are more comfortable just kind of staying in the backfield like Jonathan Taylor to keep you know both guys on the field at the same time with Taylor and Hines. And then if you need a, a splash from Taylor or whatever, you can throw a guy in there and Phillip Lindsay who's got some experience. Yeah, should he make the roster? I think, to your point, he's a nice little insurance package right. for Jonathan Taylor. Taylor is an all-world talent, arguably the best running back in the game. But remember, the Colts are just... You know, they're one injury away from exactly. needing a bell cow back to step up and replace him, and he's done that. He's a proven uh, featured back in this league, and I think it's it's sort of similar to Marlon Mack last year. Right. Mack was a former 1,000-yard back in his own right, uh, but he was inactive for 10 games last season because, just quite frankly, Jonathan Taylor's Jonathan Taylor, right. and, and Mack didn't play a lot on special teams, which led to him being inactive for most Sundays. So this could be the same sort of thing with Lindsey making the roster. If Again, he's competing with guys like Deion Jackson, some of the un, uh, other undrafted free agents that the Colts signed um, after the draft. Um, it's going to be some good competition on the roster right now for that third and fourth running back spot on the team. I mentioned Marlon Mack. I got some calls. I got some texts from friends uh, you know, that are just fans, and they want to know, hey, we, we bring in Philip Lindsey, who's a 1,000-yard guy. He's on the open market. Marlon Mack was on the open market. The Colts have intel on him, another 1,000-yard back. Why, why did the Colts sign Philip Lindsay but not re-sign Marlon Mack for, at least on paper, similar roles? That's a really good question. I think it's one of those things that um, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm speaking, you know, what the staff feels. I don't know if it's maybe just me talking. I feel like Marlon Mack maybe has a little higher ceiling, if that makes any sense. So it's almost one of those things where they looked at the roster and said, Hey, Marlon, we, we love what you can give us, but Jonathan Taylor, anytime we're, we're limiting carriers for him, we feel like it, it hampers the offense a little bit. They looked at it and said, 
hey, man, we've had we've had a great relationship with you during your entire tenure here. I mean, last year there was that whole trade request happened, and everybody talked about how this is like the nicest trade request in the history of – because both sides were just – they were both in agreement that, hey, this guy's a guy that can go out and be successful somewhere. We just don't know if that's here. So I think it was one of those things more where Chris Ballard kind of looked at Marlon and said, hey – you know what, you've got an opportunity to go be successful elsewhere, and that might be the best situation for you. Yeah. So I think that's what it was. It was kind of best for both parties. And I think with Philip Lindsay, he's a guy that they probably targeted and didn't know whether or not he'd be available. And they come to this time in May where they're like, hey, we can bring in a guy who's had 1,000 yards. Here we go. So I think that's yeah. all it was. I don't think it had to do with you know, Philip Lindsay over Marlon Mack. I think it was more just situational. Yeah, and again, Lindsay is a guy who lit it up in his first two years of his career, suffered his own injury just like Marlon Mack in yep. 2020. I mean, that, that injury for Mack was so untimely oh. because if you go back to the first quarter and a half, week one in Jacksonville 2020, Marlon Mack looks like he's going to make the Pro Bowl in that small sample size. And then he tears his Achilles. Everything after that just didn't work out because then Jonathan Taylor emerged. And, right. again, he is who he is based on his talent. But, yeah, Philip Lindsay is a guy that suffered his own injury, uh, just wasn't the same guy last year with two different teams, looking to continue his NFL career here with the Colts on a one-year contract. Um, let's take a look at the wide receivers. Again, heading into OTAs, which start next week. Next week starts Phase 3, which means organized team activities, the Colts will have two weeks of OTAs before the mandatory minicamp coming up in June. A lot of the focus this offseason, Casey, has been on the wide receivers in that room now guided by Reggie Wayne. So let's talk about it heading into OTAs, which that's when things really kind of start to ramp up here. Does any other Colts position group have more to demonstrate all eyeballs will be out there watching those guys when the media has a chance to watch OTAs in the next couple of weeks any other position group that has more to, again, demonstrate than those wideouts? I don't know if there does. I mean, it's one of those that we've been talking about and talking about, and then you look at the other signings in free agency that's happened, the wide receiver group kind of stayed intact. There wasn't too many outside things brought in outside of your drafted wide receiver and Alec Pierce and then some undrafted guys that are in there. So, but but we've heard that this staff is very high on this group, and I know that Reggie Wayne talks about how they've got a lot to prove, and they're, they're kind of taking this as a chip on their shoulder. So there is a lot to prove, and I do think that this is kind of the group to look at. Maybe corner, I might put that in there, just because you're always evaluating that spot. You lose Rocky Seen and Xavier Rhodes, who were both here last year, so you're bringing some new guys into the fold. So that might be the other group that I would throw in there, but definitely wide receiver for sure. Yeah, you brought up Reggie Wayne. He talked a couple of weeks ago. He's now in the fold. He's the position coach at wide receiver for the Colts. He talked a couple of weeks ago about what he sees from the Colts' young wide receivers in that core this offseason. These dudes are hungry, man. They're hungry. It's kind of funny, like, I kind of wonder coming in with such a young room how that would be, you know, because ideally, you know, most of the times you'll have a veteran guy in there that can kind of, you know, lead the way. You'd be like, hey, watch him, watch what he do. Or they can kind of, you know, see him do it and they stand in line behind him, you know. But, um, you know, I was kind of worried about being young, but I got in there, talked to the dudes. These dudes got so many questions. And, um, and I, think they, I think they really do want to get better. You know, they feel like they ain't do it right. Do it right. They get back in line without me even telling them to. You know what I mean? So, like, there's little things, just watching them in there. And a lot, in a lot of cases, I'm learning from them because they know the playbook better than I do. You know what I mean? So um, it's one of those things where these guys, just they're determined to be better. I think they, 
This is me personally. They probably feel a little disrespected, so they didn't kind of want to surprise them. And I know they feel disrespected because they hear talk radio, they read everything, right. and I think the wide receiver room this year, Casey, is is somewhat similar to the defensive end room last year. Right. But I think the difference here is that the ceiling is higher for the upcoming season. Last year, the Colts didn't bring back Justin Houston. They didn't bring back Danico Autry. They decided to give guys bigger roles like al Qadim Muhammad, Kamoka Ture. And I think it's kind of similar to that. You've got Michael Pittman Jr. The Colts haven't brought back T.Y. Hilton. Zach Pascal leaves in free agency. You invest at the top of the draft in Alec Pierce. He's going to have to have a big role. Um, you need something out of Paris Campbell, who we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, you need somebody to emerge from that group that we've been talking about all offseason. Patman, Strawn, Doolin, QT. It's really interesting. There's no question the Colts are banking on someone, at least a few guys, actually, from that young talent pool to step up. And we'll see how it plays out, and it's going to be on full display again next week in OTAs with 11-on-11 stuff getting going. Absolutely. I mean, it, you know, we, we've talked about this, and I think one of the things I always I always like what you say, it kind of talks about quarterbacks throughout their league, but it's that fear of the unknown. You stick with a guy even though you don't think he's top tier because you don't know what else is out there. People are a little worried about that fear of the unknown because the wide receivers in this room, they haven't been out there and proved it, but – you know, th- this staff is very high on a lot of these guys, and I think you see you see glimpses. from. There's a couple of these guys you can look at that maybe they haven't had explosive time in the offense, but you look at what they've done in a short span, and you go, okay, they, they've got some traits that can really put on display and, and really elevate if they get more of a role. So guys like Ashton Doolin, I mean, Kiki QT, we saw what he did as a member of the Texans against the Colts. Mm-hmm. So they, they've shown it in minor little glim- like minor little spurts here, but I think it'll be really fun to kind of see what they do with an expanded role this year in the offense. Also, too, have you seen the Colts roster? I was I was peering over that the other day. What the, the, How big they are? The, the skill players that the Colts <laughs> oh, have <laughs> on offense between wide receiver and tight end, I know it's a concerted effort. I know the Colts prioritize that. But just to see it on paper, and then last week with the rookie minicamp, seeing Jelani Woods, oh, oh. holy my. <laughs> I mean – Jelani Woods is six foot seven. Drew Ogletree in the sixth round, tight end. He's six foot seven. Alec Pierce is what six foot three, six foot four. Yeah. Patman six five. Strawn six five. Mo Ali Cox six seven. <laughs> Michael Pittman Jr. six foot four. I mean, what, what what does the size of these skill players tell you? about what they prioritize and what can this do for Matt Ryan at quarterback. Well, definitely Chris Ballard has a type, that's for sure. <laughs> you, you can you can definitely say that he likes the big bodies. But, I mean, for me, if I was an outside quarterback coming in and I can know that, hey, I can just throw it up and these guys are going to go get it, that's got to be a, an easier way for Matt Ryan to go to sleep at night to know, you know, you got a guy like Mo Ali cox or even if it's Jelani Woods or, you know, any of these other guys, you can just throw the football, especially in red zone. That's one of the things I look at this is like, you look at the red, red zone. And third down. Oh man! I mean, having the size that is that is huge. Yeah, you talk about these big guys; they create mismatches, they create leverage, and when you have a guy like Matt Ryan, who's incredibly accurate as a passer, always in that neighborhood of right. 68 percent completion percentage, that's when you get a big advantage to create some plays on offense. All right, time for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll tell you about the jersey numbers of the Colts rookie draft class. We'll also discuss which Colts players have something to prove this offseason heading into training camp, also at the start of OTAs next week. This is the last word. We're the offseason home with the Colts. Casey Vallier, I'm Matt Taylor. No Jeffrey Gorman tonight. We're back in just a moment. Stay with us here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
Welcome back to The Last Word, the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. Last Word is back. We're brought to you tonight by FanDuel Sportsbook. Download the app today and make every moment more. This is Aerosmith bringing us back on a Friday night with permanent vacation. I feel like Jeffrey Gorman's been on a permanent vacation. <laughs> that is so funny. I haven't seen – we saw him, what, for the around the draft. He finally I was love back the gore in the man. building. And, love the gore man. And the hair was on point. It sure I was. Mean, the gore man. He looked like he was a, like a, a teenage <laughs> – 80s star. It was awesome. Like I've never seen his hair that long. He told us he was he was so busy that he couldn't go to the barber. But I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I think he was trying something. And I I got to give him a tip of the cap. I thought the hair was on point. Yeah, he looks good, man. <laughs> he looks good. He pulls it off. That's Casey Valier in for the Goreman tonight. I'm Matt Taylor. Uh, we are the last word. The offseason home of the Colts and the Colts continue to. Uh, Handle some business this week with their draft class. They signed their top pick and Alec Pierce to a four-year contract. So the Colts have now signed six of their eight draft picks from the 2022 NFL Draft. Also, uh, some jersey numbers for the upcoming uh, season for the Colts rookies in terms of the draft class. Alec Pierce is going to wear number 14. Uh, Jelani Woods is going to wear number 80. And like we said in the first segment, he fills that out. You, you can, won't, you you won't can miss see 80, 80 out there. That's loud, for sure. <laughs> loud and clear. Uh, Bernard Ryman, left tackle in the mix to start. He's going to wear number 79. Nick Cross out of Maryland is going to don number 20. 93 is Eric Johnson. Tied in Alec Ogletree is going to wear number 85 initially. 97 goes to defensive tackle Curtis Brooks out of Cincinnati. And defensive back Rodney Thomas II out of Yale is going to wear number 25. Also, too, download the official Colts podcast featuring the latest news, analysis, and interviews, everything on the Colts. And this week, we recapped rookie minicamp and talk about the uh, NFL scheduling process with Mike North, the VP of broadcast planning for the NFL. It was fascinating. He talked about how the NFL boils down the schedule out of hundreds of thousands of possibilities. Uh, The the computer spits it out. Then they have to sift through uh, all of these outcomes to see primetime games, getting teams adequate rest, uh, no three-game road trips, all of those things. Uh, We also talk about uh, why the Colts have so many AFC South games right away. So check that out on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. And we also had a one-on-one this week with Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell, who was healthy. He's flying around. He's making plays. He said earlier this week that this, Casey, is his first healthy offseason in the NFL. Think about that. Three Man. off seasons going into year four, he finally feels like himself coming out of Ohio State. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, I mean, for a guy who's had to overcome so much, he's such a positive person, which is that's key, especially when you think about all of the injuries that have kind of hampered his career. Mm-hmm. To be able to still go in with that positive mindset, you just you pull for a guy like that. That's sure. what it is. That's what it is. It's attitude. It's uh, He's only played 15 games in three years with the Colts because – multitude of injuries so check out those podcasts right now on colts.com the colts mobile app and again the colts audio network anywhere you download your podcast the colts offseason workout program as we said it's morphing into phase three next week that means the start of otas no live contact but you're going to have seven on seven you'll have nine on nine drills and 11 on 11 drills are allowed so it's the closest thing to real football we're going to get before training camp. So with that, Casey, as we teased in the last segment, give me some players that need to have a big offseason heading into OTAs. Give me your top three guys 
that need to make a, a, a jump for whatever reason. It could be production. It could be injury. It could be the Colts need more out of this guy from a roster standpoint. Give me your top three guys that you're watching this offseason. So I'm going to start with Kari Willis. I mean, the Colts, they brought in Roddy McLeod, who's a proven safety. They also drafted Nick Cross. So when you look at that safety group, we've got Julian Blackman coming off the Achilles. But you got you got four guys in the mix that all have, you know, starting level potential out there at that safety spot. So I look at Kari Willis. Injuries have kind of plagued him. You know, he's had nagging things. Yeah, that, he's missed eight games the know, last it, two years. It's been tough. And when he's on the field, you always know where he is. And Kari is a guy he's put his imprint on the game, but I definitely think there's a lot riding on this offseason because of just the depth of that group. So outside of Kari Willis, I go with a, a guy, Dio Adangbo in year two. You look at the defensive end group, when you add Yannick Ngakwe, you've got Quiddy Pay. There's a lot in there. I think Dio has a big opportunity in year two, so I think this offseason of you know being away from the Achilles that he came in as a rookie, so he's got his first real offseason here with the Colts. He can get in to the playbook a little bit more, dive into all of that stuff. I think it's a big offseason for him mm-hmm. as he comes into year two. And then my other guy, I think Isaiah Rogers. You look at that cornerback oh, wow. spot, you got Stephon yeah, Gilmore. He's, he's they got a huge in. opportunity. Huge opportunity. I mean, Xavier, as we talked about, Xavier Rhodes and Rocky Scene are out of the picture here right now as we look at this roster. Rocky Scene is with the Raiders. Xavier Rhodes still a free agent. You've got Stephon Gilmore, who they brought in. You've got Kenny Moore you can slide in. I think that Isaiah Rogers showed a lot of promise last year in year two. You know what he can do from a return standpoint, but I think he was able to show defensively what he can do last year a little bit more. So I think it's a big opportunity for Isaiah Rogers in this defense. I would agree with those. I would also throw in Ben Banigou. Yes, uh, you know, oh, huge. Colts want to play in waves. They want to play with eight guys with that fresh rotation on the defensive line. Now players that were part of that wave, that rotation, they're gone. You know, Al-Kadim Muhammad goes to the Bears. Kamoka Ture is now with the 49ers. The Colts are counting on Banigou to take a jump and, you know, factoring into that rotation. I believe he's going into a contract year as well. He's another guy that was part of that uh, 2019 draft class. I mean, last year he played less than 1% of the team's defensive snaps. Uh, Just two and a half sacks for his career. Not that the sacks are the end-all, be-all, but he's been inactive 15 games the last two years, eight games last year, second-round pick. I think everybody knows it's time to go. Everybody wants to see Ben blossom, and uh, I think he's going to have a major opportunity coming up this year. And then Paris Campbell, like we talked about, for obvious reasons, through no fault of his own, you know, just some of the worst luck you're ever going to see a, a guy get. And, Again, heading into a contract year, the Colts have a very young wide receiver core. They would love to see Paris Campbell reach that full potential, stay healthy, you know, that playmaking ability, yards after catch with this offense and Matt Ryan getting rid of the ball fast. I think he still has a chance to be the number two wide receiver on this team. Right. If he can stay healthy, and we again, we talked to him earlier this week uh, on the Colts Audio Network. We had a one-on-one interview with him in the studio. Check out this soundbite that he has. Paris Campbell on his hunger level, both personally and from a team standpoint, heading into next season. Yeah, uh, personally, um, shoot, I'm, I'm more hungry than I've ever been. Like, this is year four. This is contract year for me. This is mm-hmm. a big year, big year not only for myself but for my family. Um, and I'm going to do everything I can to help this team. And obviously, you know, from a team aspect, like, like we've accomplished so much, like individually as a team. Like we've had guys, you know, go to Pro Bowl, right. All Pro, all this stuff. But like collectively, we haven't, like, we haven't done anything. At, at least for the time that I've been here. Yeah, we had a couple of playoff appearances, wild cards, whatever. But like, right. we need to the talent on this team. Like, the the team ceiling is is so high. You know what I mean? Like we we have all the right pieces. We just got to make it work. And um, 
not only myself, but I know every single guy in that locker room is hungry, you mm-hmm. know, to do something great and be special. Man, that's a great quote. Oh, I mean, man. Y- you love it. Y- he knows it's a big year. Hey, this is my football livelihood on the right. line here. If I want to continue playing this game in this league, this is a big-time year for me. Also a great quote about the team's success. We haven't done anything since I've been here. No division titles since 2019. No playoff wins. It's time. And also in that interview I did with him again earlier this week, check it out, Paris talked about there, there's parts of his game that the fan base – hasn't even seen right. in three years. He hasn't been able to show it. He's been working with five different quarterbacks. He's been incredibly unlucky. Hasn't been able to even come close to showing what he can do at full go for uh, you know a full 16 or, in this case, 17-game regular season. That's the toughest part. When he's on the field, he's effective. I mean, every you know I, he said he's played, what, 15 games, 15 correct? 15 games, I yeah. mean, th- th- if you look at the stats in those 15 games, he has been productive within those games. But you look at these freak accidents like last year. I mean, he scores a touchdown on one of the, I mean, probably a one of the 51-yard bomb. The one of the most notable plays of the year. Right. And it just so happens that a guy lands on his foot when he comes down and breaks his foot. And it's like. And then he's labeled as injury prone. Right. I mean, it's like, how is that his fault? I mean, the guy gets open, right. scores a touchdown, huge play. And that's where, I mean, it's just such bad luck. And, and, and like I mentioned earlier, I mean, the positive outlook this guy has. You just pull for him, and I'm anxious to see those parts of his game that he hasn't been able to show the fans because, you know, we've all seen it when he's on the practice field during training camp. There's certain things you're like, wow, man, when Paris Campbell is healthy, watch out. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to kind of see if he can get a full year healthy, what he can show, because I do think that the potential is there. He's had it in, in glimpses here and there, but if he can put it all together, I think there's a lot in him that you, you mentioned he could be that number two guy. I think absolutely he's got that in him to be the number two guy in this offense, and then you throw Alec Pierce in there, having three dynamic guys, that could be right. really, really huge for Matt Ryan. And if you offense. And if you get that out of Paris Campbell this year, that's like gravy. That's like, a, that's like a bonus draft pick right. that you get this year because you just haven't been able to count on it in the last couple of years, again, through no fault of his own, I should say, because of all the injuries that he has sustained. That's Casey Vallier. I'm Matt Taylor. This is The Last Word. We're talking Colts. After this quick timeout, we're going to give you the Fordham Credit Union question of the week regarding Matt Ryan's longevity. Casey, you have no shot at getting this. Um, (laughs) I saw it the other day. I jotted it down. Uh, I I was blown away. You have no chance. I don't want to kill your confidence. But uh, we'll, we'll do that coming up next. Also, Jimmy Mad Dog Matus, the radio legend and former Colts great employee, just announced his retirement. We're going to talk to Dog coming up on the other side. Stay with us. Last Word returns right after this on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the offseason home of the Colts, The Last Word, from the Power Home Solar Radio Studio. Uh, the Allman Brothers with blue sky, a lot of blue skies this weekend. Cooling off a little bit, though, for uh, the drivers qualifying tomorrow for the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. We'll get back into the racing talk at the top of the hour here on 93.5 and 107.5. The family got trackside with Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee coming up. I'm Matt Taylor with Casey Vallier here on The Last Word. We're the offseason home of the Colts. Jeffrey Gorman is out tonight. Single-game tickets for the upcoming season at Lucas Oil Stadium. They're on sale now. Don't miss out on your chance to 
Watch the Colts take on their AFC South rivals. They also have meetings with the Chiefs, Steelers, Chargers, Eagles, and Commanders. Get your tickets now. Head to Colts.com slash tickets or Ticketmaster.com. Speaking of that Commanders game, did you see Tart Glenn? I did, yeah. We'll be going into the Colts Ring of Honor at halftime of that Washington Commanders game coming up on uh, Sunday, October 30th. So another reason to buy your tickets to that game. Tart going into the Ring of Honor, which is long overdue, Casey. Uh, But just another fixture of that era of greatness, if you will, represented in the Colts Ring of Honor. Also tonight, the last word brought to you by Meyer. Meyer is the official super center of the Indianapolis Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. Time now for the Fordham Credit Union question of the week, Casey. And again, not to uh, kill your confidence, but you have no chance because I looked at this list and never would have gotten it right. So, well, I mean, I'm not you, Matt. Well, <laughs> I've got a chance, right? Come on, come on, give me well, a little bit. You are smarter, smarter than I am. <laughs> I don't am. know about that. I didn't know how to take that. I had to think about that. That shows you my intelligence. I had to, th- I had to think if that was a compliment or if you were throwing me under the bus. Yeah, there, I don't, I don't, I don't really know yet. We'll, we'll find out whether it was <laughs> yeah. a, a throw you under the bus or a, you know, a compliment. We'll see if you we'll can see. name any of these guys here. All right, Matt Ryan drafted in 2008. He's of course now the Colts' quarterback heading into year number 15. Casey, he is one of six players still currently in the NFL from the 2008 draft class. Can you name the other five? Oh, boy. Can I get any hints? What were you doing in 2008, first of all? 2008, I was a senior in high school. That was the year I graduated (laughs) high school. Think think quarterbacks. Think quarterbacks, old quarterbacks. And they're still playing. Are they still starters? Uh, No. Um. Josh Johnson, he's been bouncing around. When, what year was he oh drafted? Two thousand and eight. Okay, all right, Josh. All right, <laughs> there's the one. question. Okay, <laughs> how the hell did you get Josh Johnson? I'm just, I'm just thinking of old quarterbacks that aren't starters who have been around a long time. And yeah, I think but he's I never would have. Every, he's the he's the last guy on the list okay. I ever thought you would have you would have gotten, Boy. and he's the first guy you roll off. <laughs> well, okay. we saw him last year when he he came he was in with the Jets with the Jets. Yeah, um, all right. This this guy's though. also on the Jets now. Backup quarterback. Is Flacco with the Joe Jets? Joe Flacco. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. And there's another backup quarterback in the AFC, in the AFC West. I'll give you a hint. He's Patrick Mahomes' backup at the moment. Is Chase Daniels still playing? No, Chad Henney. Chad, Chad Henney. Oh, so those, those are your Wolverine. quarterbacks. Right. Yep. And then the guy that's still getting it done, Calais Campbell with the okay. Baltimore right. Ravens. Maybe the, the best Special teams player of the last 15 years oh, with Matthew New England. Slater? Matthew Slater. Okay. Ding, right. ding, ding. So Flacco, Calais Campbell, wow. Chad Henney, Matthew Slater, and Josh, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, you like that one, huh? How about that? That was impressive. All of those guys, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> they joined Matt Ryan as the only players still going wow. drafted in the 2008 draft class. Now, there is a little bit of a caveat that I pulled up. Dwayne Brown and Deshaun Jackson, currently free agents. Oh, okay. But – they both played in 2021, but neither guy on active rosters here at the moment. I assume so, Dwayne Brown will probably be signed. Yes, he will. Yeah, he'll be on a roster. Gotcha. Not sure about Deshaun Jackson, but he could fly back in the day. Visit the Forum Credit Union Fan Forum section of Colts.com to interact with other fans online. There you can post a topic and join in on various discussions on the Colts. Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. We're going to close out the show with an interview with Jimmy Mad Dog Matus, who just announced his retirement from the Indianapolis Colts. Dog worked in the Colts uh, sponsorship and and corporate sales department for the last decade or so. And uh, while with the Colts, he continued to be 
just an Indianapolis icon in the radio and entertainment and sports worlds. And right after he announced his retirement a couple of weeks ago, I had a chance to talk uh, to Dog about the Colts, a great career in radio, entertainment, stand-up comedy. Here's Jimmy Mad Dog Matus. Jimmy Mad Dog Matus has announced his retirement from the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, you know Dog. I mean, who doesn't know Dog? Dog has worked for <laughs> and around the Colts since they moved to Indianapolis in 1984. First, it was at WFBQ Q95, the once flagship station of the Colts. Uh, he was on the air in the afternoons playing classic rock, taking calls. He was doing bits, uh, making people laugh on their way home from work uh it was can't miss radio in the golden age of the medium uh he was on the bob and tom show which uh that still originates in indianapolis even though it's syndicated all over the country he's hosted sports talk radio shows he's hosted the colts pregame show on q95 uh, you got the the post game show for the Colts and the Colts Radio Network. He had a brief stint at MS Communications and Radio Sales, and and then for the past decade plus, he's been with the Colts. You know, in the building in the sponsorship department, bringing in sponsors that elevate the Colts brand and and their ties to the city of Indianapolis. Um, Jimmy Mad Dog Matus is. He is the funniest person I know. He's been a friend of mine for a long, long time, and we say this all the time, and I think it gets kind of passed around. We overuse it, but in this case, it's absolutely true. Jimmy Mad Dog Matus is an Indianapolis legend. No one is more indie than dog. Say it ain't so, man. Wow. You're leaving? Wow. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I I didn't know that I accomplished that much. I should have been out here years ago. It's a it's a bittersweet day because I know obviously it's great for you because it's on to bigger and better things and more time for yourself and with your family. But how much are you going to miss this place oh, being around here? It's um, can't really even explain it. I mean, uh, it's the same deal that happened 13 years ago, whatever it was when I left Q. You mm-hmm. know, it's just you were so ingratiated with the, in the people around you and uh, how much fun it was. And and here too, it's uh, you see how hard everybody works in totally different aspects, right? You've got you, you, what you guys do, you know the the uh, production, the marketing, the sales, and then you see football ops, and you see what these young men are going through to do, and so everybody's working hard, but not necessarily in the in, in the same avenue. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just makes you want to come in and. And do a good job too, but then the most important thing is just the people, right? It's uh, and then it's like family. I mean, when you're around them this often, and yeah. and there's some highs and lows, and you know, doing sales, you hear a lot more no's than you hear yeses, and so <laughs> when you can celebrate the yeses uh, with with guys that you know are working hard too, it's it's pretty good stuff. It's Jimmy Mad Dog Matus. Why do you why do you feel like now is the right time? Well. I'm 64. I mean, that's the first one. Um, and then uh, first grandchild about three months ago and uh, got well and a couple more on the way. And um, it's awesome. And just figured that at some point in time, did I have the energy to continue to do this? Well, yeah, but I wanted to use that energy in other ways, too. Absolutely. So I just, yeah, it's just time. They set the age for a reason. <laughs> 
they get it. They know. You know <laughs> they put 65 out there, and I just wanted to be an overachiever. So I got out at 64. It's like being the skinniest kid at fat camp. You just set where you want to be, and then you go do it. Jimmy Mad Dog made us. I mean, as you said, the, the Colts organization, uh, you've worked uh, either for it or around it, had – uh, you know, your fingerprints, you know, your DNA all over this thing, so to speak. What what has made the Colts organization over the years um, special to the city of Indianapolis? And, and how do you think, you know, it's it's grown around town? Because, again, you, you've had a front row seat to this thing the entire time. Well, look, I said this uh, last week when I was talking that um, the Colts got here in 84 and I got married in 84. And... Um, Getting married in 84 was the second best thing that happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Because as soon as the Colts got here, man, I mean, it was it was awesome. And at that time, I'm I'm the same age as a lot of these guys that are playing for the Colts. And we're doing the Q95 thing. And so we're out and about bars every night and doing all our things. So I'm running with a lot of these guys because we're the same age. Yeah. Well, now all these guys are my kids' age. Yeah. Right? And uh, as a matter of fact, my kids would be veterans on this team. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Second and, and third contracts. Right? Yeah. So, um, but it, it just so quickly became a fabric. And, and it was fun. You know how it is. We, when you grow up here, we considered this our town. Right, you grow up. You went to school here. You went to school there. It, it, it's our town. Well, then when when Jimmy Ursay came to town, it became the Colts town, mm-hmm. right? And our town was better because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to have not just them for on the field, but to put that many quality people into our town, yeah. starting with ownership all the way down, just just made Indy in, in, uh, a better place. It just did. Period. As Jimmy Mad Dog made us, um, unfortunately for us, but uh, very fortunate for him, uh, Jimmy Mad Dog made us retiring from the Indianapolis Colts. So not to put you on the spot, but do you have a, a favorite Colts memory from over the years? Yes, and it was weekly during the season. It was doing a radio show with Coach Ted Marchabrota. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. To be able to sit there, to be a football fan, and to be able to sit there and spend that much time with a brilliant football mind is um, something that I'll always cherish. Yeah. Here's the thing. I mean, not there's not one person alive that has a, and I'm dead serious about this. There's not one person that I know that you know that is alive today that has a negative thing to say about Jimmy and Mad Dog Matus. Oh, well, that that is not true. Um, I no, appreciate no, it, you it, saying listen, that. No, listen, your personality, the way you've carried yourself, the way you treat people, your persona, how, how did you do that? You That is so incredibly rare. Um, I, I guess it just started with mom and dad and being genuine and being surrounded by a bunch of people and trying to be funny. You know, the deal is, is when you do comedy or, or radio, you, you do talk about things that aren't necessarily always funny to a certain person, mm-hmm. right? You might offend a person or two. And I always hated that. Yeah. That being said, never cut funny. <laughs> right? I think most people you know, understand that. Say yeah. it, you know, never cut funny. But, but so, and, you know, raising kids and stuff like that, you've had discussions and stuff and not everybody sees eye to eye but i think for the most part it's just always look you might not agree with me but that doesn't mean that i'm right it just means i think different yeah and i think because i always thought that way i'm pretty good with you doing what you want to do and might be different to what i do but 
That's yeah. cool with me, right? <laughs> I mean, do your thing. It's Jimmy Mad Dog Matus right there. We talked about it. You are you have to be very intelligent to be funny. You have to be smart to be funny, and you are both of those things. The stand-up comedy uh, part of your career, Q95, the Bob and Tom show, coming over here. You've, you've done sports talk radio, uh, Colts pre- and post-game shows. When did you know you wanted a career you know, behind the mic in entertainment? Um, in college, um, I think it was my third sophomore year and that uh, um, I got to do radio. Um Got to do play by our color for um, uh, IU Michigan State when Magic Johnson was playing for Michigan State. My buddy was working for WIUS, and I wasn't in radio yet, but he knew I was a sports guy, mm-hmm. and the guy couldn't make it, so you want to come do this game with me. And I went and did that game at Assembly Hall, and uh, I said, yeah, this is pretty good. I, <laughs> I might want to do this. And then uh, got out and took a job in Sullivan, Indiana, and then a year later in Franklin, Indiana, and then really wasn't getting where I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. You know how it is? I couldn't get any of the indie stations to pay attention to me. Um, uh, and then that's when the boon of comedy clubs was. And I told Kathy, I said, I think I'm going to try this and see if somebody will notice me, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, the Bob and Tom show noticed you. And then yeah. Bob mean, came in one Wednesday night, and then yeah. Tom came in that later that week, and they asked me to do a show on Thursday, and a couple Thursdays later they hired me. How have you seen, I mean, I think it's the month of May, it's it's the Bob and Tom show, it's IU basketball, Colts football. There are certain you know institutions to this market. I think Bob and Tom, they're, they're one of oh, them. With, right? with, without question. Right. I mean, without question. There was, a, there was a time where if you didn't listen to Bob and Tom in the morning, you didn't know what everybody was talking about the rest of the day. At the water cooler, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, that's, and if they said they were going to be somewhere, there was a crowd there. Yeah. I remember 30 years ago um, in May, yeah, 30 years ago, Mickey was born. My third oldest son was born about 10 o'clock in the morning. I said to track by 1230 <laughs> for a fast Friday broadcast. Fast, fast Friday. Yeah. yeah. You know, who's got the leg up for the did. pole? Kathy, you good? Yeah, I'm good. The two older, <laughs> Willie and Andy, yeah, they're good. They're with Grandma. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm off. <laughs> That's Jimmy Mad Dog Matus. Dog is been with the Colts for uh, a decade plus he's calling it a career he's going to retire so that means what playing golf wiffle ball hanging out by the pool the pool house I mean anything goes right all that yeah you know and I, I like uh, building things I like yeah, making yeah. things woodworking's kind of a hobby so um, I like piddling around the house I, I don't think I'll have any trouble at all staying busy um, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem and in a couple of months, if I get bored, something comes up, and maybe I'll piddle with something. Yeah. Who knows? How's, how's Kathy taking it? She is nervous as heck. <laughs> she, she's scared You're to gonna death. You're going to crash her party, She dude. is scared to death <laughs> what I'm going to do with free time. Yeah, it yeah. is scary. Well, listen, I mean, I, I, I know that you know this, but I'm going to say it anyways, and I think the audience needs to know it as well. You grew up with my dad, yeah. and you guys are still really good friends to this day, so therefore you and I have known each other for a long, long time. You've literally seen me grow up. I wanted to be on the radio because of you. I saw what you got to do every day. You, you had so much fun, and you got paid to do it, and that was it for me, so... No one has done more for my career professionally 
You let me hang out with you as an intern. You got me a summer job as a board op when I was in high school. You've been a mentor of mine. You've been an advocate for me. Um, you've given me advice. I don't have the words to thank you, but I know you know this. But I think you just did. No, no one, it. no one looks up to you more than I do, dude. You so. just keep. Keep doing what you do. You make me proud every day. I appreciate you. Absolutely. It's Jimmy Mad Dog Matus, man. We're going to miss you around here. Congratulations, here. pal. Thanks, man. Again, that's Jimmy Mad Dog Matus, who just retired from the Colts after working with the team for about 10 years in their sponsorship department. Before that, a radio icon, one of the most popular entertainers the city of Indianapolis has ever seen, and uh, just an awesome dude. And again, Casey. If we can all be more like Dog and how he did it, how he handled himself, how he treated people, uh, I mean, we're just better for it and we're making a difference, man. It's it's tough to see that guy go. Absolutely, it is hard. I mean, you know, it's 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 a you know it's a kind of a two sided coin. It's tough to see him go, but you're also really really happy for him to to enter retirement and be able to enjoy a lot of golf. You know, th- this time, I mean, I, it's one of those things that I'm sure you'll see him around the golf courses with a big cigar in hand and ready to go. You <laughs> What's know? up, man? <laughs> it's how not. You <laughs> He's going to be missed. He will be missed for sure. Jimmy Bad Dog made his Colts OTAs. They start up next week. We'll break it down next Friday, chatting all things Colts. Casey, have a great weekend, my man. Best of luck on the uh, the Little League Diamond with the little kids. Thank you. Again, the Hamilton County Little League Coach of the Year, Casey Vallier. <laughs> thank well you. earned, yeah, my man. Thank well, you, thank well you. Well earned. <laughs> hey, coming up, we're getting back to the racing talk and a huge weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. 7-8, it's trackside with Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee. 8-9, Beyond the Bricks. Great show with Jake Query and Mike Thompson talking about the history of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. For Casey Vallier, I'm Matt Taylor. We'll talk to you next Friday as we get in the last word here on the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. So long.